What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I am your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and we are going to be coming. We're going to be going over my Week Eleven waiver wire report. We got a lot of things to look at too. We got some injuries to to go over. We're going to be looking at a lot of quarterback options, some backup running backs, some receivers, and some tight ends, and we'll kind of talk about defenses at the end. So if you guys have questions in the chat room, you can fill those out and I'll get to them when I see them pop through. But for now, we're going to go into a screen share and we're going to just going to look. We're kind of going to bounce around between the fantasyfellowship.com. We're going to look at some things on ESPN's percent rostered and we'll kind of, I don't know, there's a couple injuries here. I just saw one kind of come across the timeline here and it's Matt Stafford. He's got a partial tear in his ligament and a partial tear in a ligament in the thumb on his throwing hands. So that's not a good, that's not a good thing at all in your throwing hand. And we're going to see him. Try to tough it out and throw the ball this week in practice. We'll see if he can actually go. Uh, but for now, I think the, the they say the expectation is he's going to start. So if you have Matt Stafford, it might be a good idea to kind of pounce on one of these backup quarterbacks we're going to talk about in a bit. <clears throat> so uh, it's all about tomorrow's practice participation with Matt Stafford. But I guess other injuries here that I'm interested in monitoring is, of course, Drew Brees. He's got multiple broken ribs and uh, the, the collapsed uh, lung injury at the moment right now. So I got to assume they... They have Atlanta, Denver, and Atlanta the next three games. We'll see if he comes back for either of those, but I think they can get by without Drew Brees, so that's definitely a situation we'll get to in a bit. Devontae Adams has a left ankle injury. We'll see if he practices tomorrow. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I guess good signs out of his his right knee with the MCL. It didn't they're not bothered by it. It's kind of day to day right now. So I'm expecting Teddy Bridgewater to be able to go on Sunday against Detroit. <clears throat> you got John Brown. He's on bye, but he's got the high ankle sprain. So maybe we like Cole Beasley. Uh, just hold on to him throughout the bye week. Christian McCaffrey is probably not playing. I think they've already ruled him out. I'm not sure, but the right AC sprain will, I don't know, man. They, I think they have one more game next week and then they're on bye week. Uh, week 13. So we might not see him till the fantasy playoffs, you know, week 14, 15, and 16. Joe Mixon, he's got the right foot injury. We haven't seen him in a few weeks. They even held him out after the bye week. So maybe we see Joe Mixon practice this week. Calvin, Calvin Ridley, same thing. He's got a, like a little foot sprain going on. He didn't, he had the bye last weekend. So this week we'll see if he practices tomorrow, Thursday. And then you got Chris Carson. I haven't heard any practice reports on him. So I guess we can pull that up right now. Let's just check out the practice reports for Seattle. I don't know if they've inputted anything here, but we're going to be watching for Chris Carson tomorrow. They don't have anything in, uh, but tomorrow is going to be a huge day for the Seattle running backs. I think they're expecting Carlos Hyde. So he's going to be on the list and we'll see about Alex Collins and some of the other backup guys there. <clears throat> and we got some players here who are eligible to return from IR uh, and they're all going to be expected. I should put that as a week 11, but you got Austin Eckler, Raheem Mostert, Zach Ertz, Alan Lazard, Julian Edelman, Sony Michelle, and Paris Campbell. I'm more interested in Eckler, Mostert, Ertz, and Lazard. So if these guys are available, I'm going to say those are probably pretty high priorities, especially if you need a tight end right now. I know Ertz has been kind of terrible this year, but man, tight end is such a crapshoot that, I mean, you'll take six to eight points at this point in PPR leagues. So let's get into the quarterbacks here. If you are new to the Fantasy Fellowship, how I do it is I list my quarterback one streaming options ranked, and I kind of look at percent rostership on ESPN to see who might be available here. <clears throat> so if I do filter here by percent rostered, you know, I'm kind of looking at some of these, you know, these 90% guys and up, and then you see a drop off here to Matt Ryan, about 89%. So there's a small chance Matt Ryan's hanging around your waiver wire. Uh, so that's why I put his name on the list. He's going to be one of the better streaming options going up against New Orleans. They, we do have Ben Roethlisberger going up against Jacksonville. He just threw four touchdowns last week, and he's only about 81% owned. So there's a chance Roethlisberger is on your waiver wire. Drew Reese is probably going to drop pretty pretty low here. He's at 85%. So we're going to talk about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill in a bit here. But uh, kind of just going back to the quarterbacks here, Carson Wentz has a decent opportunity against Cleveland. He's about 78% owned. You're looking at Joe Burrow against Washington. That's kind of a tough matchup. Joe Burrow was struggling last weekend against good pass rush, and that's the strength of the Redskins defense. So I'm not really a big fan of Joe Burrow. I think I have him ranked <clears throat> kind of middle of the road here. I'm going to take Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Stafford, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Roethlisberger over him for sure. But uh, some other names that stick out, Ryan Tannehill's got a really tough matchup at Baltimore. <clears throat> Jared Goff going up against Tampa Bay. That's another tough matchup there. So we're probably not looking for those guys for streaming purposes. 
Uh, and then what do you do with Matt Stafford? <clears throat> we just talked about his ligament in his thumb. That's I don't know if it's torn or strained or what, but he's got a really good matchup going up against Carolina. Tam Brady, Tom Brady just threw a handful of touchdowns against them. This one's on the road, <clears throat> and maybe Kenny Galladay's back. So I'm interested in him. He's only about 62% owned. Maybe Cam Newton's the one guy that going up against Houston. This is a 19th uh, worst defense against quarterback. So Cam Newton's probably going to be moving up my list a little bit. He's about 60% known. So I'm into him. Uh, but the one guy that I think is going to be widely you know, available in most leagues is going to be Derek Carr. He's playing at home against Kansas City. And I was just kind of looking at my notes from earlier this year and, and Derek Carr had his best fantasy day against Kansas City on the road in Kansas City. So he goes for almost 24 fantasy points here, throws for a season high, 347 yards. He gets three touchdowns. He'll never do much on the ground rushing for us, but he's not afraid, you know, to let it fly against Kansas City. He had his best game of the year and uh, it's a Sunday night game. So it's a little bit more fun to start guys, you know, in prime time and see how it goes. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty interested in Derek Carr. He should be widely available in most leagues. <clears throat> you got Tua Tagovailoa here. He's only 45% owned. And uh, at the moment right now, he's he's slowly getting better and better. We have three games of him now. Didn't see much of him back in week eight. But, I mean, weeks nine and week ten, he's given us a range of about 14 to 21 points here. Thrown for two touchdowns in the last two games. Denver, the Jets, Cincinnati, the next three games here. So three bottom five, bottom 10 teams in the NFL right now. So this is a pretty good schedule and opportunity to maybe snag Tua if you need the help at quarterback. Uh, but I guess that's pretty much it for the quarterback one streamings. If you guys want to check out the rankings, uh, go ahead and you guys always ask me questions on if you should add him or start him over that guy. So the other part of the, the quarterback list here is going to be the super flex options. And the most popular guy in this category is going to be Jameis Winston going up against Atlanta. We know Breeze is going to be out for at least one or two, maybe three weeks. So Winston gives you this opportunity to, to really just plug in a, a safe, high floor, probably quarterback too. The only question is, how much do we see Taysom Hill? Sean Payton has not come out and said that Winston is the starter. They're going to wait till like the end of the week to do it, which just makes me, it's just kind of fishy. You know, if they, if they really wanted Winston to go out there and throw the ball 25, 30 times, they would have said, yes, Winston is our starting quarterback. But because they have not done that yet, I'm super curious in Taysom Hill and seeing if they have some kind of split between the quarterbacks. Taysom Hill maybe gets more of what he's been doing. I mean, the package is already there for Taysom Hill, so maybe they just expand it. Maybe they give Taysom Hill more practice reps with the ones this week at quarterback. Um, so this is definitely a guy. Taysom Hill here, who's got tight end eligibility in, eligibility in some platforms. So I know ESPN has him listed as a quarterback slash tight end. So he's going to be a guy that, I mean, if I could get him, you know, in a, in a tight end spot and he's throwing 10 passes a game, you know, I might be really interested in getting a guy like Taysom Hill there. So Jameis Winston, if you're the Drew Brees owner, maybe, maybe that makes sense to plug in as your quarterback too. I still think Andy Dalton's coming back this weekend. He has a really good matchup against Minnesota. There is a little uh, hesitance with drew lock right now he's got a shoulder injury himself i believe or no he's got a rib injury himself just like drew Brees. but it sounds like he's going to try to tough it out we'll see if he can practice this week but for the most part it sounds like brett ripian might be the backup plan there so if you want to add a guy tomorrow morning and just hold on to him and see how the rest of the week goes brett ripian could be your guy joe flacco is going to be starting this weekend in place of sam darnold and there's really good potential that Sam Darnold might just be on the shelf for the rest of the year. We, we really don't know what's the purpose of throwing him out there on a team that's trying to go 0-16, trying to get the number one pick. Maybe Joe Flacco is the answer for you at quarterback, too. He looked really good against the Patriots back on Monday Night Football the week before the bye. So I'm interested in Flacco. Jake Luton's got a really tough matchup against Pittsburgh. I'm probably not recommending him. Uh, and then you just got some guys to monitor here for potential, you know, usage down the road, whether that's PJ Walker. Now that Teddy's Teddy Bridgewater's got the knee injury, Nick Mullins might be dropped over the bye. Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky. We really don't know what's going on with the Bears quarterback position. I don't know if we want it for super flex leagues at all, uh, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And then I do, I just have a list here of quarterbacks uh, that should be owned. If any of these guys get dropped, go ahead and do it. If you can somehow manage to pick up Drew Brees and stash him for IR uh, in hopes of maybe using him down the line for the fantasy playoffs, I think that's a good idea. So we'll get to the running backs here. I just want to get to this question here from our guy, Fabian Vasquez. So he's asking, traded Jared Cook for Jimmy Graham, good or not. So you sent away Jared Cook and you're getting Jimmy Graham. I mean, they're kind of like the same player. I mean, both guys, you know, they're not a high volume play. These guys are both pretty uh, touchdown dependent. And I think in this situation, you did get the guy with more touchdowns. So I'm, I'm pretty okay with Jimmy Graham here. <clears throat> I mean, these guys, 
you know, they're both older tight ends. They're both going to catch maybe two or three balls, you know, throughout a game. They're not going to get a high yardage or high volume or anything. Uh, and it seems like Jimmy Graham's kind of the more, I don't know, he's like the veteran, you know, leader over there in Chicago. So we'll see what happens after their bye this week. They're going to play Green Bay the following weekend. That's a revenge game for Jimmy Graham. So I'm, I'm open to Jimmy Graham here, and I think that's a – um, it's it's kind of even now that we don't know what's going on with the Saints quarterback. The, the Bears quarterback situation isn't really any better. But uh, I think I'm okay with going with Jimmy Graham there in that one. So thank you for the question or for the, for the comment there, Fabian. And then we're kind of just looking back at the running backs here now. I do have a list of running backs here that are likely owned. But if these guys are available, I think you should pull the trigger on this. That's Austin Eckler. He should be back in a week or two, maybe. Raheem Mostert's on bye this weekend, but he might have been dropped. <clears throat> and uh, he's I think he's activated off IR, or he, or he will be. But uh, we're expecting to see him next week. you got Mike Davis going up against Detroit. If someone was you know, a little not patient and just, and just dropped our guy Mike Davis here, he's worth a stash uh, just because the injury seal is broken on Christian McCaffrey. So we'll see if Mike Davis can kind of keep getting those 8 to 10-point floors for us. Naheem Hines had the blow-up game last Thursday. He's going to be a high priority in waiver wire runs tonight. He looked like the best running back for the Colts, and they're going up against Green Bay. Green Bay is allowed the second most uh, PPR points per game. So it's a really good matchup. They can't really defend, you know, the quick screen games. And I just think Naheem Hines, the way he looked against Tennessee, I mean, they, they couldn't really even convert anything with Jonathan Taylor or Jordan Wilkins. So to me, it's clear Naheem Hines gives their offense the best juice, you know, to be a successful and efficient offense. So I'm a big fan of Naheem Hines. Daryl Henderson against Tampa Bay. If anyone drops him, you know, after my, uh, Malcolm Brown went and scores two touchdowns, he's worth holding on to. Duke Johnson gets the start for at least the next two games with David Johnson on IR. So he's he's got some value there. And J.K. Dobbins, man, I know people are getting frustrated now that Mark Ingram is back. But I still think it's kind of like the Naheem Hines situation where he he is the most talented running back on the field for the Ravens. When he gets the touches, good things happen. And uh, I mean, as the weather gets colder, as injuries kind of keep piling up for, for teams, maybe J.K. Dobbins slowly gets more touches down the way. And then we just got some backups here, Jamal Williams, Mark Ingram, Malcolm Brown, Zach Moss. Uh, these, it's handcuff season. As the season gets older here, we're going to want to just make sure we cover all the bases and be. sometimes it's better to be a week ahead in the waiver wire and just hold on to guys like Jamal Williams, Malcolm Brown, guys that we know can produce if anything happens to the player above them. And uh, maybe they don't have value for us on a week to week basis. But if anything happens to Aaron Jones again, or if Daryl Henderson's, you know, you know, hamstring or something or Devin Singletary for Zach Moss, these guys all of a sudden become, you know, fringe RB1, RB2. So just keep an eye out in case anyone makes any hasty decisions this week. Um, yeah, man, you made a good move, Fabian. Or is it Fabian? Fabian? Uh, but you dropped Devonta Freeman and picked up JD McKissick. I really hope that's a PPR league because what, 15 targets last week, seven catches. Uh, that's a pretty pretty nice move. And he, as you see here, he's the number one player on my priority ad list here. I'm curious about his percent roster ship on across ESPN leagues. Let's just see if we can find him. I don't think he's a very high owned player, but by now he's about 80% owned. So there's a small chance that he's available in your league. But I mean, he's not, he's never going to get a lot of touches, you know, in the running game. Uh, actually eight carries last week, and that's a pretty decent you know amount of opportunities, but seven catches, nine catches. He's had six, six, and seven before. Starting to show a really nice high floor here. Four PPR leagues. He's got a really nice schedule the next two weeks. You got Cincinnati, you got Dallas, and uh, all of a sudden uh, with Alex Smith, you know, kind of in the in the situation now, I don't think we're going to see Dwayne Haskins anytime soon. So this is a really good uh, opportunity for J.D. McKissick to continue going forward with uh, uh, basically an RB2 flex at this point. And then uh, he asks, uh, Fabian asks, what should I do with Mark Ingram? He's in my bench. Um, I mean, if there's a player that you can get with a little bit more up, like you're never going to feel comfortable starting Mark Ingram. As, as long as Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins are healthy, I mean, I, I just I don't see you ever, you know, adding a guy like that. And if there's any of these players that might be available, whether that's Jamal Williams, even Zach Moss, there's guys I think that have higher upside and maybe a little bit more clarity to the position. I mean, if you can get a guy like Damian Harris, even Salvan Ahmed, who looked good last week, and he might even give Miles Gaskin some trouble when Gaskin returns. But Kalen Balaj, Alex Collins, maybe this week on Thursday night. Uh, I don't really value Mark Ingram that highly. He, it's likely going to take an injury. So he's at this point, he's just kind of a handcuff. Uh, but if you can get you know one of these names here, 
whether that's Jamal Williams, Duke Johnson, I'm sure these guys are probably all taken in your league, but definitely Damian Harris, Salvan Ahmed, Kalen Balaj. I think I'd be interested in getting these guys who have a little bit more upside uh, at the moment right now. So we talked about McKissick. We like Damian Harris. He's, I mean, running for 100 yards, a really good matchup against Houston. Uh, let's just kind of go back to ESPN. I want to filter by projections here, and then I'm going to roll down, and I'm going to just going to look for guys who are going to be higher on this list here. So Duke Johnson, only about 92% owned. Somehow he's available. He could be useful against New England. You got J.D. McKissick here. We just talked about him at about 80%. He's going up against Cincinnati. That's a really good spot for them to keep throwing the ball to the running backs. Kalen Balaj sticks out quite a bit here going up against the Jets. So this is kind of a mini, uh, mini revenge game here. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I would definitely – I would rather have Damian Harris over Mark Ingram for sure. I don't think Mark Ingram is ever going to get a game where he gets 22 uh, touches again. And now that Damian Harris, it, it's the, the message is kind of, you know, out of the bottle now with Damian Harris. Uh, I don't know if you watched the game the other night, but they, I mean, they ran the ball really well with Damian Harris. Uh, the Ravens struggled to tackle Damian Harris. Like they just kept running it down their throats to the left side and they had no answer for it. So I think just because that's how the Patriots offense is built right now. And he's the clear guy that they're going to give him the most amount of touches in the backfield, I think Damian Harris has potential to help us get to the fantasy playoffs and then, you know, see what happens when we get there. Uh, but if you can't get a guy like Damian Harris, I think Kalen Blage going up against the Jets. Let's take a look at the Chargers schedule the next few games. Uh, but they got uh, the Jets, Buffalo, New, New England's a little bit tough. But in the fantasy playoffs, they play Atlanta, the Raiders and the Broncos. So that's three really nice games here. We'll see about Austin Eckler. But I'm just kind of following the touches here with Kalen Blage. 18 carries, 15 carries. And then he's shown that he can catch the ball and actually get a, a pretty decent yards per catch. So, I mean, 15, 16 points in PPR leagues. This is a guy that, uh, especially weeks 14, 15, and 16, if he keeps producing here, I think he could be a guy that ends up starting for a lot of people in, in the fantasy playoffs. So we got a couple other questions here from our guy Noah. What's up, man? Uh, so who should I target for the waiver wire? Ahmed, Hines, or Harris? Uh, is this a, a potential like where you're looking like do you need a starter for just one week or is this a guy that you want to hold on to for the rest of the season? Um, I would probably in a PPR league, I, I really like Naheem Hines. I think he's going to continue to you know to grow in that offense. I'm just curious what the Colts schedule is the next few games because they have some really nice uh, opponents coming up. They play Green Bay, which is a bottom, you know, second worst defense against you know the running backs in PPR you got Tennessee which he just put up his career best game against Tennessee you got Houston another bottom defense Houston again the Raiders and we'll see about Pittsburgh but I think Naheem Hines I know it's been kind of a frustrating boom bust season with Naheem Hines but his ceiling is is probably the higher among all these guys uh, I like Salvan Ahmed but again, he's got Miles Gaskin coming back in a week or two. So I think you could use Ahmed, but maybe he's just kind of got like a, a one or two week profile here. And then with Damian Harris, um, we're, we're a little bit nervous about Sony Michelle coming back. But I just think <sighs> Damian Harris has just looked so good that I, I just I don't think they're just going to come back with Sony Michelle and just let him take over the role here. Uh, you I mean, you see 22, 14, 16, 10, a lot of carries here. 200 yard games, really nice yards per carries here. I think Damian Harris here has done enough to show that, hey, I'm the alpha running back here. They can throw, I mean, he doesn't get catches, but they're going to, you know, continue to throw to Rex Burkhead, James White. But for the most part, I feel pretty confident in thinking that they understand what they got in Damian Harris. He's rolling, he's playing really good football, and he's a guy that's going to continue to rack up touches. Uh, for one of the best offensive lines and one of the best running teams in football. So I'm a big fan of what Damian Harris has been up to. Um, let's take a look here at this other one from Noah. So what do you think about James Robinson against the Steelers? So I, I mean, I have a couple James Robinson shares. I'm a little bit nervous about this matchup with the Steelers. So let's just take a look and see what they've been kind of doing the last few games, uh, to the running backs. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens were able to, to run the ball pretty efficiently against the Steelers. I'm just curious here in a PPR format here, how many points they've been giving up. So they're still the number one team against the running back under 18 PPR points per game. But if you think about how the Jaguars operate as an offense, everything goes to James Robinson. You know, he gets probably 90% of their fantasy points, you know, for running backs. So if, if the Steelers are allowing about 18 points, you know, to the running backs, I think, I think James Robinson should be okay to continue hitting double digits. Uh, let's just see here. So last weekend's uh, Giovanni Bernard, eight carries, 30 yards. 
catches four for 17. So he only gets 8.7. And you know, basically James Robinson, they're going to give him the ball more than eight times. They're probably going to throw to him somewhere, in, you know, this three or four times uh, in the passing game. But you just know that basically all of these rushing stats that you see for Cincinnati, so eight, seven, and five, that's 20 carries. You, I mean, you can assume that all of these rushing yards can be James Robinson's. So I'm not, I'm not too nervous about it. He had two touchdowns called back last weekend, so he's a good player. It's a tough matchup, but I, I think I'm going to continue to roll with James Robinson. He's been, I don't know, pretty stable, been getting double digits, and I, I just think it's a, a pretty fruitful situation that he gets all the touches. So I, I'm a big fan of James Robinson. Um, so, yeah, we just kind of talked about Sony Michelle. Um, I don't even know if they activated Sony Michelle yet. <clears throat> I'm just curious here. Let's just look at him. I mean, and even before Michelle's injury, he wasn't playing the greatest. He had the one breakout game against the Raiders, but you see seven for 19 against the Seahawks, 10 for 37 against Miami. He wasn't really like wowing us with his fantasy point days, but uh, I'm just curious to see here. So he's not activated yet. I would imagine that maybe tomorrow, Thursday, if, if they want to bring him back, they'll get him in there. But uh, I think I'm rolling with Damian Harris uh, as long as he's, you know, producing over five yards of carry, getting, you know, some of these, you know, these big workloads. So <clears throat> kind of, I guess, other running backs here that we hit on. So we love McKissick. We like Damian Harris, Salvan Ahmed, and Kalen Balaj. Both these guys are pretty good for like the next week or two, but they both have running backs coming up. So that's why I have them behind here. Alex Collins. I'm curious about Alex Collins. If you need someone to pinch start this week, but Chris Carson also looms uh, maybe not this weekend, but next weekend he should play. They already said Chris or uh, Carlos Hyde's going to play. So he's more of like a dark horse, kind of really low end floor here. If you can't get one of these top guys, maybe Alex Collins could be the guy for you. Uh, Boston Scott continues to look good. Cam Akers starting to look good. The rest of this list is kind of just guys to hold here as maybe the last player or two on your roster. So I'm, I'm open to getting these guys. The, you know, these are some of the younger running backs, more handcuffed kind of situations. Uh, so let's move on to the wide receivers. We got one more question, though, here from Fabian. So start Joe Burrow or Russell Wilson? Man, I don't know how I, – I, you, can't, you can't bench Russell Wilson. I know he had a rough game last week, but let's just take a quick like, – I mean, we already got one game between the Cardinals and the Seahawks here, and I think that game went pretty well for basically both teams. I think that was the Tyler Lockett 53-point game. So let's just see here. Russell Wilson, this was a couple weekends ago. So going up against the Cardinals, the dude throws for 388 yards, three touchdowns, almost 30 points here. I think I'm content. Uh, don't don't sit Russell Wilson, man. Just roll with it. He had a bad game last weekend. I'd be I'd be shocked if he has two bad games in a row, the way he's been playing. So I think that's an easy question for me. Roll with Russell Wilson. And then moving on to the receivers here, I have another similar list of players who are likely owned but might be available in your league. If you can somehow get your hands on T Higgins, please do. He's a must start. I think at this point, he's more like a wide receiver too. It looks great as a wide receiver three, but he's continuing to have success. hundred yards and a touchdown last week. Marvin Jones is starting to come on. He's got a pretty decent matchup against Carolina. CD lamb going up against Minnesota. Maybe someone dropped him over the bye week Andy Dalton's coming back. Minnesota pretty suspect secondary. Keep an eye on guys that are on bye this weekend and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, some guys like Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Debo Samuel, Cole Beasley, John Brown. If any of these guys get dropped, I'm open to putting them at the end of my bench. And then, yeah, just a couple other guys here that if somehow they're hanging around there, I think these guys would be priority ads over some of these guys that I have down here. But if you're looking for some of the, the younger, more hot pickups of the week, I think Michael Pittman Jr., like uh, it was his he had the the, the leg compartment syndrome uh, that he made him miss maybe the first six, seven, eight games of the year. But last weekend on Thursday Night Football, we saw Michael Pittman basically arrive right before our eyes. He had over 100 yards. He also had like a 20-yard carry in that game. Going up against Green Bay, which is one of the better teams against the wide receiver. But I think Phillip Rivers is going to be really leaning on him as, as the, the Colts make their playoff push and as they look you know, to get into the playoffs here. I think Michael Pittman Jr., his role is just going to continue to grow. And he could be a potential wide receiver three flex for us the rest of the way. So I just, I love all the rookie receivers right now. And I think Pittman is starting to show uh, what he can offer for our teams. Jacoby Myers continues. I think I saw a thing on pro football focus where it's like Devonte Adams. And I can't remember maybe Deontay Johnson or something, but Jacoby Myers is their third ranked receiver uh, on the season right now. So he's playing really good football. He's basically Cam Newton's go-to receiver. He's like the new alpha for New England. I know Julian Edelman's coming back, but I just think 
Jacoby Myers has looked so good. Cam Newton trusts him. He's going to continue to be a wide receiver three flex for us the rest of the way. Uh, keep an eye on Jakeem Grant because with Preston Williams out of the picture, we see Jakeem Grant all of a sudden get more snaps. They traded away Isaiah Ford to New England, and uh, you got Jakeem Grant here. I think he's had five targets in back-to-back -back games. Let me just pull this up here. And he scored, a, I think, his first receiving touchdown of the year last week. So, yeah, four for 43 and a touchdown. Five targets, four catches in the last two games. He's kind of developing a pretty safe floor here of eight to seven points. And we'll see if his role continues to grow. Again, we really like the Miami Dolphins schedule at Denver, at the Jets, Cincinnati. Three really easy cupcake teams here to get you to the fantasy playoffs. So that's why I'm kind of keeping an eye on Jakeem Grant. Michael Gallup, I'm just I'm I'm holding on hope that the Dallas offense can actually do something uh, for us the rest of the season here. It's against Minnesota. Andy Dalton's back. If anyone dropped Michael Gallup, he might be worth a just a hold and wait and see what happens this weekend because maybe we kind of earned some trust from our Dallas Cowboy receivers. And then just some guys down here, Brashad Perriman, he seemed to have a pretty good connection with Joe Flacco. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is coming on here. Tough matchup against Indianapolis, but teams are going to be focusing on, of course, Adams. They also have to focus on Alan Lazard, who got activated today. So Marquez is going to get some pretty easy one-on-one -on -one matchups. Again, with the Jets receivers, Denzel Mims seems to have a pretty good report with Joe Flacco. And Josh Reynolds, he was the number one receiver last weekend for, uh, for Jared Goff. It's something that I've been kind of noticing even before that. He was, um, let's just pull up Josh Reynolds' numbers here. Basically, the last three or four games, he's been kind of like a consistent wide receiver three. So going all the way back to week six, you know, 12.5, 15.2, a low game of 8.4, and then a, a team high 10 targets, 8 for 94 against Seattle. Pretty nice uh, pretty nice numbers here the last four weeks for Josh Reynolds. And then you got guys like K.J. Hamler. The thing about K.J. Hamler is um, if Brett Ripien is the quarterback, uh, Hamler was able to get most of his reps, you know, throughout training camp with Brett Ripien. So I think there's going to be more of a connection for, for Hamler and Judy if Brett Ripien is the quarterback. And then Willie Sneed, just because he was he looks like their best receiver. I'm sorry if you have Marquise Brown, but it looks like Willie Sneed is kind of developing into the go-to receiver for Lamar Jackson. So we got another question here from our guy Fabian. So will Kenny Galladay play because Diggs has a bye week, so you need Kenny to play, or else you have to pick someone off the waiver? So we're not going to know really until tomorrow on, on that first practice report. So I think it's going to be probably a good idea to make sure you have someone just in case. I mean, some of the guys here that I like for matchups, let's just kind of look back here at the, the wide receivers in this list. I just want to see who's some of the lowest owns and who's got the highest projections here. So these guys are all in the 90s. So if you had to just plug in and play a receiver this week for Stephon Diggs, I mean, maybe Mike Williams is out there. He's about 80% owned here. He's got a really good matchup against the Jets. You got Josh Reynolds, who we just talked about. I know it's Tampa Bay, but... If you think about the Bucks defense, they're going to have to focus on Robert Woods. They're going to have to focus on Cooper Cup. So I think that's why Jared Goff has been dealing with Josh Reynolds lately. Again, he's only 6% known, so he should be available. Uh, but the one guy that I think I'm, I'm most excited about for the rest of the season is going to be Michael Pittman Jr. He's going up against Green Bay, a little bit of a tough matchup. But he showed some really nice things for us on Thursday Night Football. Uh, and then a couple other guys here. These guys are more just kind of lower profiles here. you got K.J. Hamler. I've noticed him getting the targets the last couple games here. So he's had three straight games of decent numbers, 10 targets, 10 targets, and he's getting four to six. You know, he's starting to get some higher yards per catch here. So maybe Hamler is, is the worst-case scenario there. If you can try to get Michael Pittman or Josh Reynolds, I think those would be the guys that I'm looking forward to the most. Maybe maybe Jalen Reger going up against Cleveland. He actually led the team in snaps last weekend. He led the team in targets too. So I'm open to some of these rookie receiver options uh, if you need to get someone for Kenny Galladay. Now let's just look at tight ends real quick here. We're going on about 29 minutes in the video. So I'm, I'm probably going to hang out another 10, 15 minutes. If you guys got more questions, we're just going to cover the tight ends and then we'll look at some defenses soon here. So back to Taysom Hill. Um, he's tight end eligible in some platforms. And if you can get a guy here, that's going to end up maybe throwing a touchdown. He's going to, you know, run for 34 yards in this game. I'm super open to Taysom Hill being a tight end streamer this week. You got Eric Ebron going up against Jacksonville. Ben Roethlisberger is playing great football. So I think you can, if you can get a piece of the Pittsburgh offense, he's a guy to, to potentially be the, the ad for you this week. You got Austin Hooper going up against Philadelphia. 
not a really great game last week, but they didn't just because the weather was so bad, you didn't see Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense open it up. They had 200 yard rushers. So I think it's a down week. So if anyone drops Austin Hooper, I'm super open to adding him uh, for the rest of the season. Mike Jasicki going up against Denver. They've always kind of struggled to, to go against tight ends. Tyler Higby showed some nice things last weekend. I think he had nine PPR points and uh, just the, the tight end points were so bad last weekend that the number one tight end had 13.1 points. So I think the bar for tight ends is, you know, if you can get a tight end that gets eight to 10 points at this point, you're pretty happy. So Higby can be one of those guys for you. And if you remember last year, Higby was a tight end that probably won a lot of people some fantasy leagues. And if anything happens to Gerald Everett or anything like that, I think Tyler Higby should be on our rosters. You got Logan Thomas going up against Cincinnati. The Bengals are one of the worst teams against the tight end. I'm just curious. Uh, I think Logan Thomas had a, a top five tight end day last week. So he ended up with 10.6 points. Uh, he did have a 5.8 the week before, but then he caught two touchdowns. So he's got a range here, uh, a decent floor, maybe six, seven points. He's, you know, he can catch the touchdown. He's getting four to six targets per game and he gets Cincinnati. He gets Dallas the next two games here. So I think maybe Logan Thomas could be a guy that could be streamed and used uh, the next couple of games here. Dalton Schultz, again, back to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm interested in the Cowboys against Minnesota and, Andy Dalton's back. They're coming off a bye week. Maybe we see a little bit more life uh, from Dallas. They're, they're what, only a game behind uh, the Eagles for the first place in the NFC East. So maybe we see a little bit of uh, a fight out of the Cowboys here. And then if you need to hold on to some guys uh, over their bye week, Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, these guys are both potential tight end ones the rest of the way for you. And then I just I have the note on George Kittle, because uh, if George Kittle's dropped and you have an IR spot, I think he's, he's available. You can, you can probably just add him to your IR, see if he comes back before, you know, week 15, 16. Maybe there's an outside chance he returns. So I'm open to keeping George Kittle. Uh, what's going on, ISO only? Thanks for hanging out tonight, man. Uh, and then we're going to finish up with our defenses here. These are just uh, some of the off the top of the head here, some defenses that if you need someone here, this is how I would rank them. You got the Steelers against Jacksonville. Don't really trust Jake Luton, but they're going to they're gonna continue to give the ball to James Robinson. So he's going to be the engine in that one. Miami going up against Denver. We don't know who the quarterback is for Denver. Chargers against Joe Flacco. Tampa Bay on uh, Monday Night Football against Jared Goff. We'll see if they can rattle him. Basically, when Jared Goff gets blitzed and pressured, that's kind of when he has his stink, you know, his stinker games. So maybe this is a really good Tampa Bay defense night. Kansas City against Derek Carr. Again, the Rams defense with the way Jalen Ramsey and that defensive line is playing. Maybe the Tampa Bay offense struggles. New England Patriots going against Houston. You got Washington against Joe, um, not Joe Brady, but Joe Burrow. Ravens, Tennessee. Tennessee's offense has been struggling the last few weeks. Philadelphia, they need to keep winning. They have a winnable game against Cleveland. We'll see if they can hold on to it. Um, the Colts and the Packers. Colts defense is playing so good. Packers de offense is playing so good. So that one's kind of more of a crapshoot. I guess you, you should pick the team that you think is going to win. I think that would help you out the most there. And then the Browns versus the Eagles, just because Carson Wentz sometimes has uh, their turnovers there. So we got a question here from our guy. I so only do you like Kenyon or Roger this week at the two? I made the Zeke trade, by the way, man, I pulled the trigger. Nice to hear, man. Uh, so you ended up starting Ronald Jones uh, this last weekend. So I hope that really worked out for you and you got the win. But uh, let's just look here and see what the Cardinals are, are projected here for Kenyon Drake. I'm, he did play against Seattle already. He didn't look the greatest in that game. He ended up getting uh, 14 carries, 34 yards, and only one catch for, for seven yards here. So 5.1 points. I think this was the game he got hurt at the end. I don't really see a super high ceiling for Kenyon Drake. Let's just take a quick look at Ronald Jones. Uh, now that we've seen Ronald Jones do that, it's going to be really hard to have him sit on our benches. But the Rams' defense is no joke. I mean, you could end up seeing a game out of like 6.6 .6 on a Ronald Jones. I'm just curious here. Let's quick take a look and see what some running backs have been doing against the Rams. So you started Kareem and Drake. Oh, man. Yeah, that's gonna. you're going to want to try to get Ronald Jones in the lineup the rest of the way probably. But let's see here. I'm just curious what the Rams have been allowing the last few weeks. They're one of the better teams against the run. Uh, so they allow about 21.2 PPR points to the running backs. And uh, just some of the best players against them so far this year. Alex Collins got 11.7. Miles Gaskins, 15.1. Montgomery, 11.9. Mostert with a 9.6. So it's looking like 
You know, you can maybe expect 10 to 12 points out of Ronald Jones there. He's going to be the goal line back, so you know if they're getting close, he's probably going to be the touchdown guy there. He gets a few PPR catches, and we've seen the ceiling with Ronald Jones now too. So I think I'm going to start Ronald Jones over uh, Kenyon Drake on this one. Uh, we got Fabian here. So that's Yeah, we kind of just answered that with Rojo. I think he's in a good situation the rest of the way. And I think the really cool part about uh, Tampa Bay and Ronald Jones the rest of the season here, let's just pull this up. By the way, dudes, we're 10-0 in, in my, my best, most important league here. So we're doing some good stuff this year. But uh, I wanted to say... Ronald Jones, I know it might be kind of up and down the next couple games here. He's got the Rams. He's got the, the Kansas City Chiefs. But the fantasy playoffs, he plays Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. So I know for sure these three games we're going to want to be starting Ronald Jones. I think just because we know what his true upside is now, and he should be able to kind of fall into the end zone, I think. I mean, he played Chicago really tough. They had a really good – I mean, Chicago stuffed Dalvin Cook last night, and, and Ronald Jones was able to get 106 yards. So I'm open to him having success against the Rams and the Chiefs. And then when he comes back off the bye, Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, oh, man, Ronald Jones is probably going to help some people win some championships. And basically that Tampa Bay offense as a whole too. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about Ronald Jones' outlook there. We got Andrew Bauer asking in the chat room, is Zach Ertz going to be the same when he comes back? Well, I don't I don't know if you want him to exactly be the same. Uh, let's just take a look. He, even before he got hurt, he wasn't exactly a must-start tight end. He was getting, you know, 7.3, 1.6, 6.9. I guess he did have his best game against Cincinnati. But when he comes back, he's got a healthy Dallas Goddard now. They got Jalen Reger. You know, they got Travis Fulgham. Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey, they have a healthy cast of receivers now. So I think at this point, you're kind of hoping that Ertz can kind of slide back into this, you know, four for 33 floor game here and, and at least hope for seven to 10 points. We'll see if he can load up on some touchdowns the rest of the way. Um, so we got another question from Fabian here. Are Zach Moss and Devin Singletary droppable? I think I'm going to prefer to hold on to Zach Moss here. Uh, I'm still working on it, but I do have my week 11 opportunity report here. Uh, let's just go to the homepage. So on the, the week 10 opportunity report, I go through and I, I compile all the stats and all the snap counts. And uh, I basically just look and see, you know, who's getting more run than the other player. So this is, I think, the second or third week in a row that Moss has gotten, he's got more snaps and more touches than Devin Singletary. So I think if you're going to hold on to one of them, it would be Zach Moss. As the weather gets colder, Buffalo, they're on by this weekend. So so maybe I, you could probably get rid of at least Singletary for sure. I mean, you don't really feel comfortable starting this a guy who's going to get four, four attempts here and only catch one ball. So I think Moss, as the weather gets colder, we've seen him be the goal line back and score touchdowns. I think I'd rather hold on to Zach Moss instead of Singletary. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm super interested in Buffalo because we know we want a part of that offense. Josh Allen scores touchdowns, and they have shown uh, the knack to give Zach Moss some goal line carries. So I'm super interested in Moss. I think it's probably time to let go of Singletary there. So I'm um, just kind of looking at around at some other things here. I'm just curious who the highest projected running back is here that might be available uh, for you guys here. But uh, thanks for all the questions in the chat room. We're getting a lot of good uh, back and forth stuff here. Um, I'm just kind of rolling down the list here for projections. So again, Kalen Balaj, he's one of my favorites, at least for this week and, and maybe even next week. It's kind of a revenge game for Kalen Balaj, but the Jets, Buffalo, and then New England might be a tough game, but people have been running on the Patriots. And we still don't even know when Austin Eckler's coming back. And just because Balazs is actually looking pretty damn good, he might be able to, to kind of keep a role for us the rest of the way. So I think this is a guy, he's probably a running back two this weekend. He's got a good chance at a goal line touchdown. He gets the he gets the carries and some catches now too. So I think Kalen Balazs is one of my favorite pickups. I'm assuming McKissick is owned. I'm assuming Duke Johnson's owned. We're going to keep going down the list here. you got a guy like Naheem Hines. He's only 50% owned. And uh, we talked about Naheem Hines a little bit ago, but – he just looked like the best running back for the Colts. I know Jonathan Taylor owners and probably Jordan Wilkin owner, Wilkins owners are a little bit frustrated, but I mean, it was clear as day. Naheem Hines made that offense go. He had a season high 12 carries, season high 70 yards. He gets the touchdown, five catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. 
So at this point, we just want to see some consistency out of the Colts and how they use their running backs. So I'm hoping, I mean, the rest of the schedule looks super nice for Colts running backs. So they get Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, the Raiders, and then Houston again. We'll see about this Pittsburgh game, but that might kind of favor Naheem Hines, get him the ball quickly. Uh, but at this point, if you're starting uh, Naheem Hines, you kind of have to hold your breath and hope that it's not, you know, one of these five, seven, six games. So you have to basically just be aware that there's a huge range of, of outcomes for Naheem Hines. But when he hits, man, he's, I mean, three games over 20 points. And uh, he scored two touchdowns in, in three games so far this year. So when he plays well, he plays uh, very well here. We got another question from our guy Fabian here. Start Jimmy Graham or Hunter Henry after the bye week. Uh, it really depends on who the the Bears quarterback is. They're going to be going up against Green Bay in week 12. Um, so I'm just curious who Hunter Henry plays in the following weekend here. So he does play Buffalo. I believe Buffalo has allowed a good amount of fantasy points to the tight end spot here. So it's looking like I'm going to recommend Hunter Henry. Um, and there's this website I use called FF Today. Uh, if you just hit their stats tab, you can actually click into fantasy here and it says points allowed here so i'm just going to click on tight ends and we're going to see who allows the most ppr points to the tight end position so you see the bills are allowing almost 16 fantasy points to the tight end position you go down here and we'll find the packers who are 28th and they only allow about nine points here so i think i'm going to roll with hunter henry a lot of it really depends on who the quarterback is for the Chicago Bears, but I think at this point you're going to roll with the stats here. Bills are pretty generous against tight ends. I would roll with with Justin Herbert, roll with Hunter Henry in that one. Uh, I feel pretty confident in that call there. But uh, yeah, we're going on about 40 minutes here. If anyone has any more questions, I'll probably hang out for another couple of minutes. I'm going to pull up um, I'm going to pull up the Roto World News and just see if anything uh, sticks out to me that we should probably be aware of. But yeah, this is a really big waiver wire week. You know, everyone kind of needs everyone needs depth at this point. People need that extra win or two. You're they're starting to check your schedule and the standings for points to see how you can kind of calculate your way into the playoffs. And we got a lot of quarterback injuries here. The first page here is all Matt Stafford with his partial tear in his throwing hand. We'll monitor his practice reports all week. And we really have to keep an eye on Kenny Galladay, who's been out with the hip injury. He hasn't practiced, I think, in the last two weeks, maybe. So we'll see if 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 Galladay gets eliminated in at any point this week. I think that's what's it's going to be needed for him to suit up on Sunday. Teddy Bridgewater is expected to be limited tomorrow. That's a really good uh, you know idea that he's going to play this weekend. And uh, we got MHP in the questions here. When are you going to do the prop show? We I usually do those on Saturday mornings uh, with my friend Jesse. I can try and figure out what time. Uh, I, it's basically whenever he's available to do it. So it's been 10 o'clock on Saturday mornings, uh, that's central time. So we're going to try to stick to like a similar time every weekend, but that's always Saturday mornings. And, uh, I, we, we basically, we have to wait for, uh, like DraftKings Sportsbook when they put their props up, They're, they've been putting them up later and later on the week. They used to upload them like mid Friday and, uh, all of a sudden, we noticed some of the other websites don't really put theirs out until Saturday night. Some even don't put them out until Sunday morning. So the, a lot of the sports books right now, they're, they're holding back their numbers. They're waiting for more practice reports and injury and other news. So we've been kind of just locking into Saturday mornings. But uh, I don't know. We, we've been we've been pretty solid on our prop bets this year. We just try to get as much information and talk about the matchups there. So if you're interested in that, you can check those out on Saturday. Uh, a couple other injuries here. So Jimmy Garoppolo, they expect him to be the starting quarterback, 2021, whatever. But he's out of his walking boot. So we don't know when exactly he's going to play. But if you're in a super flex league, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is a sneaky ad tomorrow morning. One of my favorite moves in waiver wire, I don't know if you guys do free agent, you know, the auction bidding. But uh, I like to wake up early on Wednesday mornings. And just add dudes for free. I've had a really good history of doing that the last few years. You save your waiver wire bucks for the playoffs. I think at this point, I still have $100 left in my most important league. And uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be bidding a little bit of money tonight. But uh, I really like the idea of waking up Wednesday morning, seeing who everyone kind of overlooked. And then you just add a guy or two on the bottom of your bench. And try to not spend money. You, you know, you really want to keep all those, those dollars that you can use for the playoff push. 
We got Drew locked down here with pretty severe strain and bruising, uh, but he's avoided fractures in his ribs. So that's not a very good sign for Drew Lock at all. I've been talking about Brett Ripien throughout the show a little bit today. So he's definitely a guy that no one else is probably going to be on Brett Ripien if you're in a super flex league. So that's what I'm talking about. If you can add Brett Ripien tomorrow for free, maybe you get a starting quarterback for the next week or two as Drew Lock heals from his rib injuries. Uh, 49ers injuries here. Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel are all going to return, hopefully, after their bye week. So next week, week 12, Raheem Mostert, man, we get Raheem Mostert back. Maybe Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel. These are all guys that can help you win and get to the fantasy playoffs here. Let's see, anybody else sticking out here? Uh, Jermichael Hasty on injury reserve, broken collarbone. It was a good story. We'll be interested in, in him a little bit probably next year, but uh, his season is probably done here. Alan Lazard. Back from injury reserve, man. We'll see if he can and log a full snaps. I don't know if I feel comfortable starting him right away against the Colts. It's a very tough matchup. So I'm thinking he's going to be on the sidelines for me on my bench. And uh, basically, we just want to see him get back, no setbacks, you know, get some snaps, see how he looks before we before we start using him in our fantasy lineups. Uh, we got another question here from our guy, Fabian. So you have Devonta Freeman and Mark Ingram. So you can drop them for J.D. McKissick and Damien Harris. I mean, yeah, man, if you can get both those dudes, I that's that's a really strong move. I don't really know if Devonta Freeman's going to have any use for you uh, the rest of the way. Wayne Gallman's been playing some pretty good football lately. And uh, just the way the Baltimore Ravens have been using their running backs, uh, let's see if I log the stats here. So this is against the Patriots last weekend. You see J.K. Dobbins, 29 snaps. Mark Ingram, 17. Gus Edwards, 15. So they're, they're, it's a three-way committee at this point. Mark Ingram only got five carries, two targets. I mean, I really don't know. It's, it's, it's just kind of like a revolving door here. Who knows who the goal line back is going to be week to week. I don't know if we're ever going to feel comfortable starting Ingram. So I'm totally cool with moving on from Freeman and Ingram. And then, yeah, man, if, if, if this is a PPR league, I want J.D. McKissick on my team, the way he's been playing with Alex Smith. And then Damian Harris, just because he's getting the touches, man. And I guess I'm, I'm curious if there's any other running backs here that I think might be available in your league. But Harris and McKissick probably have the best outlook for the rest of the season. If you can add a guy like, um, I mean, Kalen Balaj could be a starter for you for the next two weeks if you're just looking short term. Uh, maybe even Salvan Ahmed, but I kind of like Kalen Balaj's schedule a little bit better. And then if you can get anybody, I don't know if Naheem Hines is available, is uh, is J.K. Dobbins or Jamal Williams. These guys are, are more handcuffs, but they're higher priority handcuffs if injuries happen to Aaron Jones. Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, kind of things like that. But uh, for the most part, I think if you can get McKissick and Damian Harris, you're feeling pretty good there. Both guys could be starting for you. I don't know who else your running backs are, but uh, I think that's a good situation to be in. And then just some guys here on the, on the lower end totem pole for PPR leagues. The Jets have been saying they want to get the rookie running back, Michael P. Ryan involved more. This is more of like emergency, break glass, desperation play for Michael P. Ryan. Uh, Devontae Booker, I own Josh Jacobs in quite a bit of leagues. So last weekend before the game on Sunday morning, I went and added Devontae Booker just because he's been running hot. He's been getting touchdowns, been getting touches. And uh, it's handcuff season. You know, you want to start to collect these guys. I know some people ended up dropping Tony Pollard in a couple of my leagues. I'm going to be looking at adding him tonight as well. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's been playing fine, but if anything happens to Ezekiel Elliott, it's going to be the Tony Pollard backfield. And then uh, if anyone somehow drops Wayne Gallman, I think he scored five touchdowns the last four weeks. And uh, all of a sudden the Giants offense is they're playing, they're playing decent football. So I think Wayne Gallman could be a potential RB two the rest of the way here. And then with the new Orleans saints, if Latavius Murray is available, I mean, he's not only a handcuff to Alvin Kamara, but he, with, with the questions at quarterback now, we don't know how the Jameis Winston and the, the Taysom Hill split is going to be, but I think this is going to be a team that the next three weeks at least, they're going to focus heavily on the running game. And Latavius Murray going up against Atlanta, it wouldn't surprise me if he scores a touchdown. They play Denver the next week. Denver, we don't really trust at all for anything. They're not a very good team right now. So we could see the Saints roll, which just means more Latavius Murray. So this is definitely a guy that I think could help us uh, down the stretch here. So if anyone's got any more questions, we can take a look at those. Otherwise, I think I'm going to probably wrap this up. We're going on almost 50 minutes here. I got to get to 
I don't know. As, if you guys are still hanging out, I'm going to be, I've been talking to some friends. I don't know if you guys play fantasy basketball at all, but we're thinking about doing a fantasy basketball podcast uh, as the, the, I think it starts December 22nd. So we're going to be into some fantasy basketball on this channel. Uh, we're going to continue to do fantasy football the rest of the way. If you're new to the fantasy fellowship, check out, um, check out the fantasyfellowship.com. subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm going to be going live tomorrow night. Uh, I try to go live at six o'clock every evening on Wednesday nights. That's when I do my, my Thursday night football uh, preview. So we're going to be talking Cardinal or yeah, Cardinals and Seahawks. And then uh, that probably goes for 15, 20 minutes. And then I kind of open it up to questions and just looking at some of the other things that interest me uh, Thursday night, I'll be going over my, my start sits for the rest of the week. And then Friday I'll do the same thing too. So trying to get consistent doing shows, uh, you know, six o'clock the rest of the week. Looks like we got one more question from our guy Fabian here. So start Heinz this week. I think so, man. If you if you look here, the Green Bay Packers. So we're looking at fantasy points allowed to the running backs. Green Bay is the second worst team. You know, allowing almost 31 and a half points per game here. They've allowed 54 catches this year, 481 yards, and they've allowed a pretty high total of four touchdowns to receiving backs. So not only are they allowing a lot of rushing touchdowns, but four receiving touchdowns it's it's you're, you're basically just falling into the numbers here it's a pretty good matchup for running backs um they're one of the, the the they allow some of the most you know pass receptions to running backs they allow a ton of yards to the running backs and that kind of just fits Naheem Hines to a T you know they're going to try to target him near the red zone they're going to give him a handful of carries but all it takes is one play for Naheem Hines to make our week so I think I'm going to be I'm probably going to be ranking Naheem Hines as a running back too in a lot of my start sit charts this weekend so uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, yeah, man, no problem. Thanks for hanging out. If you guys have any more questions, um, feel free to reach out on the YouTube channel in the comments. Follow me on Twitter at the fellow KGB. We do have a Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff that you need to hit me with on this, the questions. But uh, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. Again, I'll be back at six o'clock tomorrow. We'll talk about the Thursday night football game, answer any questions you guys got. We'll look at some of your waiver wire ads probably. And uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's week 11. It's a lot of fun right now. I, dudes, I got, a, I got, um, I don't know, like my most important league. It's never happened before, but I'm 10 and 0 right now. Uh, this is, and this is a serious league. It's a hundred dollar buy-in and we're just playing some good football right now. We had a really good draft. Not this one, that one, like, that league sucks, but uh, this dirty Randy team we're 10 and 0 dudes. We got a really good season going here. I've never seen someone do an undefeated season. So I'm working on it uh, just so, we can kind of, I don't know. I've never seen one. So I'm super interested and hope it can happen, but uh, I don't know. Thanks for hanging out tonight. We'll see you guys in another video. Take care. Peace.